Hello everyone, my name is Elise Richman and today I am joined by our amazing campus advocate, Olivia Warren, to discuss sexual assault awareness. Okay, now we can start with you introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do on campus. Okay, um, so hi everyone, my name is Olivia Warren. Um, I am the campus advocate and education coordinator. I'm within um, the office of the president, the division of equity, inclusion and compliance. Um, so what I do is I have two different parts to my role. I have the campus advocate aspect where I'm a confidential resource for students, staff and faculty. So confidential does mean anything that is said to me stays between me and that person. Um, I do not have to mandate report unless um, there is a fear of suicide, homicide, or elder abuse or child abuse. It's around the same as like a, a therapist or like a counselor or something like that. Um, so students can come to me um, and disclose if they're going through like sexual assault, domestic violence, um, or anything in that nature. Um, and then they can come talk to me and then we can figure out the resources from there, whether that is wanting to report to the police or the university, Title IX, um, wanting to get counseling, needing help with um, housing accommodations, food accommodations, um, or academic accommodations. And then the second aspect of my job is the education and prevention awareness part. So that is putting on events for things like Sexual Assault Awareness Month or Domestic Violence Awareness Month, doing presentations to classes, various clubs around campus and a lot of different departments to be able to train them and to get the word out about how to prevent um, sexual assault on happening. Awesome, very cool. I didn't know about the second part of your job, so that's really cool. Um, what like got you into this career? Like what made you want to go into this? Yeah, so I think, so this career, especially in the realm of like sexual violence prevention, domestic violence prevention, is not something that's really taught in the university. Like I got my undergrad in um, global studies and business. So it's nothing close to kind of what I'm doing now. Right. Um, how, yeah, like nothing close. <laughs> but um, I was in ASI um, and I was in a sorority as well and president of the Greek council. So a lot of what we did was did sexual assault awareness. And then also due to kind of like personal things that happened to me as well, I became really passionate about this work and I think no one can do this job without the passion for it yeah. and the wanting to do it because um, pretty much everything can be learned and taught and trained if you want to do it and if you want to learn about it um, but if you lack the passion um, then no one's going to want to receive help free from you and no one's going to want to listen so I think it's a combination of like the school activities I did, and then also my personal experiences to have for like the job I have now. Yeah. And what do you think your favorite thing is about your job now? Um, I do really like giving presentations 
and trainings and connecting to students, even though I know that they like that is not their favorite thing. And I know that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I also know that it might help like one or two people. Um, yeah. And a lot of times when I give those presentations, I do get people reaching out to me over something that's happened in their life and something traumatic, um, reaching out and needing help. So then even the presentation to like 60 kids and only if like three students come forward, it's still like worth it for them to be able to like get help to heal and move forward. Yeah. Um, okay. So now that you mentioned that, one of the questions I had was um, like what advice or encouragement will you give to someone who is like hesitant to seek out help? Because I know with this topic, especially it is so hard for people to go and talk to someone about it and like reporting it is so rare or it's rare for anything to even come of reporting it so yeah just what would you say to people who are thinking about looking for help and that kind of stuff yeah I would say let you let them feel their feelings mm -hmm. um because trauma does show itself in very a lot of different aspects um, some people do go through a denial period um, and know just because maybe you waited like a year to come forward, that doesn't mean like you don't deserve help or you can't report or anything like that. I would say to know that what happened to you does not define you um, and to forgive yourself um, because a lot of times um, sexual assault and rape and trauma like this, people blame themselves for what happened, um, so to forgive yourself, and then just to reach out um, to someone that's there for you, even if it's just like a friend or a professor or someone that you trust, um, and then they can help maybe get the next steps, whether that is going to like me as the campus advocate or helping them find counseling or something like that. But I would say the beginning is just to forgive yourself and let you let yourself know that what happened to you does not define you and you deserve to heal um, no matter what. Yeah, that's really good. I know like me personally, and I know, I mean, I know a lot of women who have experienced something like this. And like, like you said, a lot of people are in denial. I was totally in denial. I like, even to this day, sometimes when I think about certain experiences I will like refuse to label it because like you said I just don't want to believe that it happened or I'm like it wasn't bad enough to where it is serious so I think I don't know if other people think this I'm sure they do but I know for me that was a big part of like not seeing and talking to someone at first and it took forever to even tell my parents or my friends that something had happened and then they had all experienced something similar so it's good I my point was it was good to talk about it in the end because you realize like you're not alone and obviously I knew I wasn't alone but the verbal confirmation really helped so yeah exactly uh, yeah and then you talked about the events that you do on campus. Do you want to talk a little bit about like what you guys do specifically for sexual assault awareness or just kind of the things that people can look for and join in the future? 
Yeah, um, so this month um, I chose to do more um, like posts on Instagram and things like that, just for the fact that I don't like being on Zoom all day. So I don't think anyone yeah. else wants to be on Zoom all day either. Um, so throughout the whole month, I am doing like a giveaway on my Instagram. So people can just like post something on their story or something like that, showing awareness or sexual assault. Um, and if they're private, then they just send it to me like in um, DMs. And then I'm going to give away three CSUB sweatshirts. Um, randomly it's not like based on which one I like the most or yeah. something yeah so I'm doing that for the whole month um, I also am just finished the clothesline project so that's when every single um, color of a t-shirt represents something else something different so whether it's like um, domestic violence child abuse sexual assault um, so we paired with about nine other CSUs um, and made posts and we, everyone posted like the same thing, like every day, just to like show what happens across all of the CSUs. It's not just like a one town, one thing or something like that. Um, we are also showing athlete a at the end of the month on April 26th. So athlete a, um, is a documentary on Netflix about, um, Larry Nassar and the USA Gymnastics oh, yeah. um, and their journalist behind it and then what happened to him and the gymnast that came forward um, and then they also tie in Michigan State because he was the doctor at Michigan State and then kind of covering up what happened um, so I was going to show that and then also have like a little discussion about that and then the 28th is Denim Day um, so I don't know if you know what denim day is. Briefly, but I'm, for people who don't know, it might be good to explain. <laughs> yeah, so denim day, um, I think it's like the 20th year they're celebrating it or something like that. So in the late 90s, um, someone in Italy um, came forward about um, a rape and the jury and the judge said that it couldn't have happened because her jeans were too tight. So she had to help the um, other person, the guy, get off her jeans. Um, so after that, people started wearing jeans um, like in solidarity um, every um, April, like the last Wednesday of April. Um, to show that like it doesn't matter what you wear or you know if you were drinking or anything like that no one deserves to be assaulted or raped um, so we're just gonna have people wearing that I'm actually having my whole department gonna send me pictures of them in like jean jackets or jeans or something like that and hopefully people kind of post about it yeah. and then yeah that will be good and then the wellness chat that happens every Wednesday on like runner hour Mm -hmm. um, me and the counseling center are going to be doing one. So I'm going to, we're going to be talking about like healthy relationships and consent. Um, and we're going to be sharing like our personal stories and stuff like that, just to kind of create a conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, about, really cool. that's about all. That's really cool. I like, I'm shocked that you guys have so much going on. I'm not like, that you guys wouldn't have stuff going on, but um, I like the variety. I think um, 
the awareness for Denim Day is really good and important. And I like that you guys are initiating it. So now anyone who's listening to this know to wear denim and post about it and spread awareness and that kind of stuff. And also to check out any of what you just talked about. Um, but yeah, I think, oh, the discussion part I think is good because I know like I'm not one to start the conversation on this kind of stuff. I'll usually wait until someone brings it up and then I can feel comfortable. So I think that's really good. And people who have a harder time opening up, like, you know, it's a safe space and you're only with people who've experienced what you've gone through and, you know, strong women to help guide you in the discussion and that kind of stuff. So that's really cool. Okay, I had written down, like, as someone who works in this subject a lot, what do you think is, like, the most important part about spreading awareness? Like, why, why is it important for people to know to, like, it's important to get help, if that makes sense? No, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that sexual assault awareness was... It ha sexual assault and rape has always happened throughout all of time, but honestly, it hasn't started being talked about in a more open way since probably like five or six years ago um, that it's really been like less victim blaming, more um, believing and validating um, people's feelings. I do think that part of that is due to like the Me Too movement and it being more normalized to talk about it. Because in reality, they say about one in four, one in five college age women have been um, sexually assaulted during like those years in college. And that's a lot when you think about it. Like yeah. I always think about it's like, okay, there's five people and probably one of them has gone through that maybe even more yeah um so I think it's so important to just even talk about it because once people start to like normalize talking about it then it's easier to go and ask for help um and or even just to talk about your experiences because you never know like who's listening mm -hmm. um and one thing I always say is when someone like when you're talking you never know who's listening and if you say something wrong or say something really insensitive, that could be the reason why that person doesn't go out and seek help is because yeah. of one little comment that might be made on like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, like any of that type of stuff, or even just like normal talking. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that it's important for that awareness. So it can be normalized talking about it. So then people can reach out and seek help because trauma like this doesn't just like go away. Yeah. Like it, you have to work to like move forward and to heal. Um, however that looks, it looks different for everyone. So maybe with this, uh, like with talking about it and awareness, then more can heal and be able to move forward and realize that it's don't blame themselves it's not their fault and forgive themselves yeah totally I agree I think I, I mean everything you said I agree but um I think now especially like with social media and that kind of stuff and new generations there's a lot more talking about it like I haven't heard people be this open about it like 
until recently, like you said. And I think it has at like, yeah, like you said, it has helped normalize and that kind of stuff. And it has not like normalized it to the point where it's not important, but I like that I go on social media and I see people speaking out against it and posting about the riots and the movements and all that kind of stuff. And I, it's like one thing in the world where I'm like, okay, yeah, you can see progress being made, not that the issue's fixed, but that we're getting somewhere. Um, so yeah, that's, that's exactly. what I can <laughs> Something you talked about. Uh, hard to keep my like thoughts together because I hear something you say and then I want to talk about it. <laughs> I forget at the end. Um, I think you basically said it just now, but I just said like, what are your thoughts on where we are today as a society on sexual assault and awareness? And do you think people are doing enough or what do you think we could be doing more of or be doing differently? Is there something you've seen that you thought, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Why aren't people doing more of that? Like any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, so in like the university and college setting, I would say that it is talked about a lot more, but I don't think it's near to where it's supposed to be yet, especially in like specialty, like Greek life or like athletics or like clubs or something like that. I think that a lot of times they'll like touch up on it or do like one training or two trainings to be able to like say they did a training, but it's something that needs to be talked about like constantly um, because I don't, I think that it's getting better, but I don't think it's nearly at like at where it should be at and those specialty especially because usually those are like more student leaders on campus whether it's a lot of people look at their social media look at what they're doing um if they're at parties or something like that people take special attention to them and close attention to them um and I noticed that it's not talked about within those groups not necessarily just at CSUB but just like university-wide, like at different colleges. Um, I see that a lot, especially within the like Greek life and yeah. the athletics because those are such big communities. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out how I wanna word this. <laughs> um, I was ask your opinion on things you see from groups where there are men and women like is that any different like is there more or less reporting like not to go into detail because I know it's confidential but for people who are constantly surrounded by it and feel like they can't speak up against it because you can't speak up against the whole men's team of whatever um so just anything like that I guess yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, even I think about my past experience when I was in undergrad, I didn't do sports, but I was in Greek life and a lot of things were like sororities and fraternities together. And people didn't want to come forward because they'd be scared that like that whole fraternity would be angry at them or be mad at them. And I think that even tying that in with athletics when it's like 
the two different like a men's and women's team that works closely together maybe like swim or like track and field that's the only ones I can think of I'm not a yeah. sports <laughs> person but um a lot of times they want to like separate them to talk about these issues but um people need to like live in reality that like most of the time these people are together those are the ones that party together those are the ones that drink together and do whatever else together that they should be talking about these issues together in a more open environment um so both sides can kind of see what both teams can kind of see what's talked about um and it's also hard when like the coaches or advisors want to be there at the trainings because no one's going to talk Right. Um, pretty yeah. bluntly about it because like they're scared their advisor or their coach is going um to be mad at them for what they say right. so I think it's the culture that the universe like universities have kind of built and separating it um not being open and not talking about it has kind of now people have to like start from the bottom and like tear apart what's already there and rebuild it yeah. um if that makes sense. Cause even usually when I do trainings, people are split up and I usually, and I am now working to doing like fraternities and sorority stuff together. Cause I'm like, those are who's, who's partying together. Like you can't right. act like students and people just go to school and go home every right. day. Yeah. Like that, that's just not what happens. That's just not yeah. reality. <laughs> so you might as well just like be honest and to work for what, for what they're doing for them to be safe. Yeah. To prevent it. But yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I like, I totally agree. I really like what you said about the combining because I, now that you say that, I have noticed I'm like, any meeting we've had addressing sexual assault has only ever been divided. Exactly. I tried to make all my present. Actually, when I did the the athletic presentations, mm-hmm. we all all got the same exact presentation, and That's I pretty good. much yeah. the same things and made everyone answer the same questions. Um, usually, the women's sports were a lot easier and more open to talk to. Right, um, like they would answer the questions more. Right, um, and some of the men's sports, I had to like pull teeth or just sit there awkwardly waiting for someone to answer because I'm one that's like I'm gonna sit here until someone answers yeah (laughs) so (laughs) it would probably be good in the future to even for myself when I'm doing the athletic presentations or the Greek life or anything like that in the future to make sure to tell the coaches to combine them because it was the coaches that chose the times not Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. so to just kind of like say yes we're gonna combine them and we're gonna do that yeah. I watched a TED talk recently that said sexual assault is not obviously not just a women's problem. Um, it's an everyone problem. So do you have any, anything you want to say on that or just any thoughts, <laughs> opinions? Yeah, exactly. I love this new generation now. I, generation Z. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm on like the cusp of generation, like millennials and generation yeah. Z. So like I'm very in between, but um, I love how open communication is right now within this new generation, even like junior hires and high schoolers and stuff, how open they are talking about 
these important issues that did not, when I was that age, that was never talked about. Like, I don't remember anyone ever bringing up, even like within race or within anything like that. I think President Obama got elected when I was in like early junior high. And that was like the first time that I heard like teachers maybe talking about race in a more open way. Yeah. So yeah. I, I definitely see how people say like, it's not just like a man's problem. It's not just a woman's problem. It's both because something like sexual assault is probably happened to everyone knows someone that it, ha- it has happened to. Right. Whether right. it is it happened to a man or a woman or non-binary or whatever else, it's happened to someone that they know, whether they that person has told them or not. Um, so it's always important to watch what you say and what you speak. And to just because it hasn't happened to you does not mean it like doesn't exist. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people do in this world with problems is like, well, it doesn't affect me. So I'm not going to speak out about it, but most likely it's affected someone very close to you. Right. And you just don't know yet because, um, not like you, but like, just you no, know, no, just like, like that yeah. person just doesn't know it yet because maybe they have said like mean or cruel things about the subject. So of course no one's ever going to tell them. Yeah. So I definitely like, it's an everyone problem because it is, it affects right. everyone in one way or another. Right. And going on with that and what I've talked about in or what we've been talking about kind of on the newspaper in general, just like all the issues that have been coming up with racism and sexism and discrimination. I was just going to say like discrimination is not exclusive. It is literally impacting everyone, whether you think it or not. And like you said, just because you feel like it's not impacting you, that doesn't mean you don't need to be a good friend to others and a good ally and, you know, not speak up and, and learn and spread awareness because this is impacting our world and like even if it's not impacting your life it will impact things in the future and so it's important to make the change now and start being progressive so I really like that too thank you <laughs> um was oh I was gonna ask if you had like any resources that you want to say for the audience, I mean, besides your own contact information and stuff like that, but just what you think are good options for people who need it. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so beside myself um, on campus, there's always the counseling center and you can just call their number at 661-654-3366 and press two and someone will answer 24-7, no matter the holidays. Um, And then you also have an off-campus resource of the Alliance Against Family Violence and Sexual Assault. They do have a 24-hour crisis hotline, um, and that is 661-327-1091. So let's say someone can't get a hold of me or the counseling center or anything like that. They can call um, the Alliance Against Family Violence, um, and they could even tell them they're a CSUB student, and then they'll give um, me like the contact information to help them from there. 
Um, And I would say those are like the main good, like 24 hour um, resources. Um, There's always like the university police department and 911. Like if someone's ever in immediate danger, like call 911. Yeah. Especially if you tell them you're a student, they'll most likely like get the university police department involved. um, And they always know how to get a hold of me 24 seven or someone um, that does like my job. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm asleep or something. So like, I don't always answer like, yeah, 3 a.m. or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, but I think those are the main resources. That's good. It's good that there are multiple options, and you know, even if you can't get a hold of you, you can get a hold of someone who can get in touch with you and help from there. So, and obviously, like any talking to anyone is better than nothing. So, um, just whatever, obviously, you can get a hold of is good, but. Um, yeah any any last words to the audience or just anything to wrap up or whatever you want yeah so of course if you or someone you know is being affected whether it's present or in your past um, you can always reach out to me um, and we can go through your options or if you just need someone to talk to you um I also can help find therapists and counselors um, for people depending on their insurance situation, whether they want to do on campus or off campus, um, and if they want a certain type of therapist. Um, Due to the times of being pandemic, it actually is pretty good with finding a therapist because you don't have to go into the office places. So you can have a therapist and like, LA as long as they practice in California and do Mm -hmm. virtual and your insurance covers it so I can always help find that but please just come talk to me I understand I know what you're going through and I know college is hard but I'm here to make it a little bit easier for you yeah yeah I think it's good for people to know who's out there to help them and know that you know they have someone to talk to like you who can help them through anything that they might be going through right now. Um, And I just wanted to say thank you so much for everything you do on campus and for the students here. I know it's, this is a heavy topic, so it's good to have someone you feel like you can talk to about these kind of things. Yes, thank you so much for having me and asking me to talk about it. Yes, thank you, I appreciate it, I really hope um people listen to this because this is so important and olivia did a great job so (laughs) before we go i just wanted to mention again that sexual assault and harassment can happen to anyone and should not be taken lightly make sure to continue to spread awareness and help educate others on their local resources and as always if you want to hear more from us you can check out our website therunneronline.com or social media at therunner underscore csub and remember to take care of yourselves stay healthy stay safe and go runners Uh, thank you very much for joining me and um i hope people go and see what you're doing for sexual assault awareness because it all sounds really good so thank you very much you're welcome